0: So here's a question for you. Would you benefit from ongoing support to improve your personal and professional leadership skills and ultimately achieve greater effectiveness and satisfaction in your work and your life? The Turning Points Leaders community offers you daily support for your pressing leadership questions, ongoing bite-sized leadership development content to hone your leadership skills, and monthly live coaching calls where you receive individualized coaching from me specific to your situation so that you are able to work through breakdowns and get back on track to doing your best work and living your best life. This is the most robust online leadership coaching program around for an incredible value of only $147 a month. And as a podcast listener, you can join now and receive your first month free. You get access to absolutely everything, including the live coaching calls with me. Come check it out and see if this is the place for you to help you take your leadership competencies to the next level. You can join by going to drkristinalbert.com. That's D-R-K-R-I-S-T-E-N A-L-B-E-R-T.com. Dr forward slash free trial html again that's dr kristen albert kristen is with an e dot com forward slash free trial dot html join today and i'll look forward to seeing you there thanks and let's get started with the podcast
1: what would it look like to claim your space as a leader and make a positive impact in your organization or community. Get ready to lead courageously and authentically from the core of who you are. Your leadership coach, Dr. Kristen Albert, will help you recognize how you are uniquely gifted to lead in your spheres of influence and help you become equipped and confident to handle the challenges of leadership. Take your leadership to the next level and create your turning points in leadership. Let's get started. Here's Chris.
0: Hi, and welcome to Turning Points in Leadership. I'm Dr. Kristen Albert, and I'm thrilled that you joined us today. In my Turning Points in Leadership podcast, I interview individuals who are changing the image of a leader having to be someone at the top of the corporate ladder or holding a title of privilege to be able to make a difference. Instead, my guests are leading change in bold and inspiring ways, and I want you, my audience, to be inspired by them. And to consider how you can become a catalyst for change in your spheres of influence. And I'd like to ask that you help me pass this message on by liking and sharing and writing a review so that others can find this Turning Points in Leadership podcast. So thanks in advance for doing that. And again, I'm just thrilled you're here. Today I'd like to welcome my guest, Janeta Rochelle. Let me tell you a bit about Janada. Janeta is the founder and CEO of Janada Rochelle LLC. Janita provides diversity, equity, and inclusion training to businesses and community organizations. She's an expert in diversity, equity, and inclusion, and she tailors training sessions and provides training for companies who want to create more diverse, equitable, and inclusive cultures. Janita not only provides companies with an in-depth definition of DEI, she also provides tools and helps them to create strategies so that they can learn how to leverage the benefits of having a diverse and equitable and inclusive workspace. Businesses who hire Janeta gain clear and practical steps to implement diversity, equity and inclusion into their strategic plan. Prior to forming Janeta Rochelle LLC, Janeta worked for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and the Human Relations Commission investigating unlawful claims of discrimination and conducting community outreach and engaging with business stakeholders and assisting the citizens of Pennsylvania. In addition to working at the commission, she worked for over 10 years in the private industry. Janeda is a 2019 graduate of the Harrisburg MLK Leadership Institute and a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh. Jeneda is the proud mom of one adult son who also is thriving in his own business. So thanks again, Janaida, for being my guest on
2: today's podcast. Thank you for having me. I am looking forward to today. I always like to engage with people, not just from a leadership perspective, but to engage people to understand their perspective. And I think that's a really good key. We have to learn to engage to understand other people's perspective. Mm, I love that. I love that. So
0: it's very reciprocal. It's not just sharing what you know, but being inquisitive and curious about how other people see things.
2: Yeah, because I don't see like you see. I see like I see. Mm. So when I am inquiring about you and your background and your skills, your personal life, I'm like now putting on lenses to see like you see. And I think that's really key um, for us to really get to know each other and to really form a place of unity with each other that we can, you know, function together. Not the same, but still function together. I love that. And that word unity is so important. That doesn't
0: imply sameness. It implies together.
2: Yes. Together, not the same, yes. but together. I love yeah. it. I love it.
0: So what led you to
2: start Janita Rochelle LLC and and to do the work that you're doing? Well, I've always had some aspect of doing the work. So in all of the positions, whether it's private sector, whether in schools, always been like, yeah, but we can do better. Yeah, but you can look at it differently. You kind of look at it this way. And so after my career at the Commonwealth is over, kind of like, oh, this is what we're doing? Oh, okay. So now what? Making that pivot to figure out what I really want to do with the next phase of my life. You know, I didn't want to continue working for someone. We all know when you work for someone that someone can change. And then the vision of whatever organization you're in has to change. I didn't want to do that anymore. You know, so through a lot of prayer and just like, you know, asking like what's next, talking to family and friends, they're like, yeah, I think you can actually do this. And so there are birthed my own business doing diversity, equity and inclusion training.
0: Wow. And quite successfully, too.
2: It is a success. And I say success because I'm still doing it. That means it's successful because I'm still here. Yeah, that's great. Oh, yes, absolutely. So what are you working on these days that you're excited about? I am working with different companies doing diversity, equity, inclusion training, and I actually love it. So I like to see the light come on in people's eyes. I like to hear people say, I didn't think about it like that. Or can you unpack that for me? I'm a little confused. I really like doing that. I'm also doing some really good volunteer work, working with youth in the community, both in Lancaster County and in Dauphin County. That is really such a passion of mine because we need them. You know, it's not like they're the leaders of the future. They're the leaders now. And so we need to really teach them How to lead. Oh, that's so critical. How often do
0: we expect people to be leaders who have never been brought up with the concept of seeing themselves as a leader?
2: Yeah, they don't see themselves as a leader. It's the athlete, it's the smart kid, it's the pretty child, it's the, you know, the handsome child, it's the, you know, whatever we define as normal and beautiful. Those are the leaders. Mm, You're right. But what about everybody else that may not fit into those artificial categories that they may not even put on themselves? We need to teach people how to lead, how to see themselves in the larger picture. How to recognize that in
0: themselves. Yeah, you know, I had never thought of it that way, that the early leaders are usually selected because of some outward external something that somebody sees, they get attention Because something they're doing is pleasing or they look some kind of part. But what about those that have it in them, but maybe aren't being seen as leaders? Yeah. I love that. Yeah.
2: I was the quiet kid at home. Mm -hmm. You know, I have an older sister. And so she talked for me. And when I would talk, people would say, Oh my gosh, you can't talk. And I'm like, I talk when I want to. I don't really feel like it. (laughs) I don't want to, you know? So I was one of the quiet kids, although I had lots of friends, I wasn't always one of the people who were out in front and leading, you know? So coming into finding my own voice at 50 plus years old now, it's important that we look at people differently and say, maybe the quiet ones do need some help and they have a voice, you know? Maybe the ones who talk all the time don't want to talk all the time, but feel compelled to talk because it's an expectation yes. that people have on them. So just teaching people, everybody has the voice, use it well. Wow. What's such a powerful message. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I always like to ask my guests about their early experiences in discovering their own personal leadership. So do you have an early memory that you might share that, that you remember relating to leadership, whether your own leadership or watching someone else lead and maybe saying, hmm,
2: that's not too good. What's a memory that you have? So my dad was in the military and he was a drill sergeant. He was drafted in Vietnam and he was a drill sergeant. Wow! So always watching him take command and wherever he was. And so then after he left the military, he um, became a pastor. So, just like when he would walk into a room, even if he didn't say anything, mm. he, because of the way he was, he always took command. Yeah. And so that's my first thoughts of leadership. You know, he's also the oldest, or say was, because he passed in 1993, the oldest of his 10 siblings. And so when he would go back home, he was always in command. So watching him do that just by his presence, he was a people person. So he loved to laugh and joke around and he would pick with people, but he would bring them out of their shell, like someone who may be quiet or something like mm-hmm. that. So just watching him do that, it was like really my earliest experience of mm-hmm. watching someone lead. So it's interesting that he had
0: such a, I'm imagining a physical presence and there was something about him about how he showed up that made people stop and look and listen yeah all the time and then he had the skill of an invitational side that nurtured people to come out and trust him Mm -hmm. and be willing to come out and yeah um, engage
2: yeah always people loved him you know he studied the word of god really well He was articulate, but people just loved to be in his presence. They would love to listen to him talk. Mm. Um, And so he made that pivot to being, you know, a pastor. He was a girl dad before it was a thing because it was just me and my sister. So he was at our events. You know, he did the things with us, him and my mom. That's just who he was. So that's how I got to see leadership. And my mom was no softy either. So she as she would say, she was born and raised in North Philadelphia. Oh yeah. So (laughs) she had her own leadership as well. And they worked well together.
0: I just think going from a drill sergeant to a pastor. Uh, what an interesting yes! Yeah.
2: That was a whole pivot. People just yeah. duh, 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 to now okay, let's have a conversation. That's right, a pastoral presence. Mm-hmm. Mm, how interesting is that? Yeah.
0: So obviously, your father's presence as a leader really impacted you as an observer watching him. Any other ways, culturally, uh, cultural influences, community? Any other ways that shaped? Your leadership
2: along the way? Yeah. So growing up, we grew up in a small town away from family. Okay. So we learned how to make family with people around us. And so we have best friends. I still have friends from high school. Um, I still have friends from college. And so I took that in leadership of how to make connections when it seems like there aren't any connections to be made. How to bring people into your circle and a place of safety where you're safe and they're safe. And it becomes that mutual beneficial aspect. So that's one of the things I took from our family culture is being able to bring other people in and be called family. And how many leaders
0: fail to look at the relational side of leadership?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's all about, I want you to do this. on oh, now we're pivoting to do that. But you fail to look at your staff, your group, your congregation say, I'm missing something. People are fleeing or people are hurting. People are disengaged because I'm missing that human touch of relating to people. And then sometimes leaders say, oh, I can relate to people. I'm like, but they relate to you on the level that you want them to. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And Mm -hmm. so they're still not seen and they're still not heard. And they still don't feel like it's a place of welcoming, even though you say anybody can talk to me. But you spend most of the time talking and Uh you don't listen Uh to what other people have to say. And that's not real leadership. So I learned that that leadership is formed in community and listening to your community.
0: Yes. So critical. I love that leadership is formed in community and listening within that community. I just was with a client yesterday who I was asking these questions about. He's going to be building relationships with some new staff and asked him how he goes about that. And all he could come up with was, well, I'll tell them this and I'll tell them that and I'll make sure they know this. And I just kept digging and asking the question differently. And it was very difficult for him to see. I think one of the questions I even asked was, how do you go about making space for safe conversations? Right. When I finally got to that point, he said, you know, I'm not very good at that.
2: It's true. And I think, unfortunately, it's how we raise our boys that we don't allow them that space to process their own emotions mm-hmm. or teach them how to process someone else's emotions. It's like, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. I'll tell them. I'll tell them. like OK, but at some point, the words aren't really effective right, <laughs> because yep. they don't understand the words that you're saying. And so we really, I think, have to teach our young men how to communicate and how to um, really get in touch with the feeling part of who they are and yet still be the man part of who they are like there's nothing wrong with either one of them you just I need you to learn how to lead not through your feelings but lead acknowledging that you're there's a personal connection I think how often
0: uh, not having raised children I'm glad that you that you made that that distinction that gender distinction. I think that's a really important thing for parents to be thinking about as they're raising their children. How am I, am I giving them access to not only getting the job done, but also the the personal relational piece? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought up that distinction because I had really not thought of it that way as something that actually comes up through the um, upbringing.
2: It does. And you look at the way men and women are treated differently in the workforce. Men are much more do it this way, do it that way. And -hmm. when they show emotion, oh my gosh, they're in touch with their feelings, right? But then women, when we show emotion, over to emotional. But then when we don't show emotion, now we're trying to be masculine. Yes. And I always tell people, both statements cannot be true at the same time. Absolutely. So you have to allow the woman to lead the way a woman leads in all of her femininity, whatever that is, and value it. And then allow a man to lead and value it, and say, "Okay, now let's kind of work together." Everybody works in community together. When you think about the people that are listening to this
0: podcast, what would you like to invite them to think about as they reflect on their leadership? What is one thing that you think everybody should just pay attention to and,
2: and think about? To your community around you, are you leading or are they just following? Because mm. we have an age now, we have followers but you're not really leading them. They're just followers. And so when you are a leader, you're looking at your community, not just for followers, but for people that are invested in your vision, whether it be for your line, if you're working on the line, whether you are a doctor, nurse, you know, in the janitorial field, wherever your sphere of influence are, you want your community not just to be followers, but be invested Mm -hmm. and really see your vision Mm-hmm. and then work the vision with you.
0: Yeah, I see that show up when someone comes to work with me and they say, I really want to empower my, my people to take on more responsibility, to to step in and, and be bolder about taking on tasks and responsibilities. And the, one of the first things that comes to my mind is apparently you haven't been inviting them to see themselves as leaders. Yeah. My belief is that Every time we are in conversation with another person, that is a a place for leadership to take place. So every time we're in contact with another person or in relationship with another person, we are both leaders. And there are times where I need to step in as a leader and leaders do step back, right? It's not leaders don't always, they're not always at the front of the line with the flag. Mm -hmm. They are inviting others to bring in the best of who they are so that we can bring all of this together. And so as you were describing it, I'm seeing leaders that who ask me that question, I'm seeing them having been the one that's always setting the vision, that's always setting the direction. And then people keep coming back to them and saying, well, what do you, what, what do you want me to do? How should I do this? How should I go about it? And you haven't equipped them to think yeah. more broadly about, well, what would you do?
2: Right. Leaders (laughs) equip the people around them. Like you said, think more broadly. Like, okay, this is a larger vision. So where do you see yourself in the vision? And maybe the larger vision has to change because now you're beginning to think almost for yourself in the constraints of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, leadership Mm -hmm. lead in the essence of community.
0: Yeah. And that can coalesce in a lot of different ways. When you start inviting other people in, it becomes richer. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. and might go in a different direction than you as a leader thought you were going.
2: Yeah. And that direction might be though, this is good. I would have never thought this way had I just had tunnel vision in my leading. I would have been frustrated because you all weren't coming with me, but I never invited you to the table. Yes.
0: Linda Hill, who is a professor, um, Dr. Linda Hill at Harvard University in the business school. I listened to a podcast of hers recently, or was a TED Talk of hers recently. And she was talking about turning the paradigm of leadership on its head from being visionary to being innovative. And she was talking about this idea of bringing the community together to perpetuate and to create innovation because visionary isn't that's one person's vision yeah, right that's yeah. that's and she's saying that's the old model and she was challenging folks to think about leadership as innovative and how you bring people together to create yeah that synergy yeah yeah um, it was a it was a great TED talk i highly recommend it yeah. she's a woman of color and i love putting her voice out there so that people are hearing her voice she's got great research behind her work and she I, I had emailed her to let her know that i had uh, cited her her ted talk and she was on a flight getting ready to come home from kuwait it was an 18 hour flight and she said but your your email made my day she said just made me <laughs> smile so it was really great but her work i really recommend checking that out because that's really what we're talking about yeah so that sets us up for this next question which is very related each month in the turning points leaders community We explore a theme around leadership. And this month, we've been exploring the importance of systemic awareness, a greater awareness beyond just where you are, but the impact on the organization. The idea that to create transformational change, the leader must pay attention to improving the whole system and how the community welfare is part of that whole picture. So, given that. Some organizations are just in the very beginning points of their DEI work, and they're just learning kind of the basics. What are the challenges that you observe in leaders that hold them back from really creating these truly transformational spaces when it comes to creating diverse and equitable and inclusive organizations?
2: I think you said it well when you're like they're just at the beginning, and so they see this huge picture of like, okay. All these systems have to change, but I'm just at the beginning. How do I go from here to the end? So most of the times we're like, I don't know what I don't know. And then I don't know now that I know something, how do I get there? Yes. So I think the larger struggle is how do I get there? What can I do for my team and my organization to kind of push us to the next level? Yes. And I think that's a valid question because, you know, once once you get into it, and I tell people, once you see it, You can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. Like you can't unsee Mm -hmm. it. You may choose not to see it. Mm -hmm. You may choose to interpret it differently, but you are always going to see it. And so they're like, now what do I do? And I'm like, take one step, implement one system-wide program Mm -hmm. and watch it flourish, nourish it, Mm -hmm. feed it, let it grow. And then you'll begin to see the kind of change that you're looking for. But like, don't ever not do because it looks too big. Just do it and it's going to be okay. Even if it looks like a failure, the fact that you did it means it's not a failure. Yes. Maybe you didn't have all the structure or some other things you didn't know, but it's not a failure. And just keep doing that one thing and then you can expand. It will grow and it will change. And if you are in like the C-suite, make sure people know that you are 100% behind it. Yes. And then it will definitely grow. Mm -hmm.
0: I heard you recently at a talk, Talking about being a journey. Yeah. And that it's not just tick the box. Okay. We did that. Or we do that every year. We educate people every year on DEI, you know, check the box that in order to create the systemic change, it needs to grow roots. Yep. And it needs to grow tentacles. Yep. And begin to infiltrate. Everything definitely so that journey idea that she spoke about,
2: yeah, like it's not a sprint, it is a journey, and you're going to mess up, yeah, because well, we're human and so we are, but keep journeying in that direction. Will you get obstacles of people saying, I don't believe in that? What are you saying? Why are you doing it? I don't see color, can't we all get along? All those things, Mm -hmm. but keep pressing, like, okay, that might be your personal opinion. We as an organization, we're going to keep pressing forward. We're going to keep pressing. So we're going to do more than just, you know, hire X number of people. We are going to do the real work and explore it. And then some things will start to come natural. We'll be able to see some of our own biases or some of our own systems that we created that cause barriers. And we'll begin to address them internally. And then it will be seen externally. Mm -hmm. So definitely the journey aspect of it. Don't get tired. It's a journey. It's a journey.
0: And I love how you said, once we see it, we can't unsee it. So on that journey, there's no room for going back into the hole and putting your head back down in the sand and saying, too big, too much, out of our league, overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. You can't. You always see it. So- use that mm-hmm. use those new eyes yes to continue those conversations and to have them wherever they organically pop up
2: yeah it's like if you saw your first horror movie you yes. can't unsee <laughs> you can never unsee you know whatever it was uh, yes. forever you'll remember <laughs> like i'm having flashbacks i'll look like, oh my gosh <laughs> right <laughs> so you can't you'll never unsee it yeah. so you might as well in a positive aspect lean into it and say okay now I've seen this system that we've created that's created this issue. I can't go backwards because now I know and everybody else knows. And so now let's just keep forward so we can really make some real change.
0: Thank you. That is just such great wisdom. I'm going to take that clip and, and put it in the community and make sure that they they hear that because I think that is one of the keys to leadership that so many leaders don't even consider. They don't mm-hmm. reflect on. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, and that goes back to, I think, a lot of the conversations that I have with leaders like yourself. There are people out there that are not having these conversations. Right. They are whatever they're caught up in. You know, they're caught up in, sure, they're, you know, the good hearted ones. They're caught up in good work and they're taking care of their people and all of these things. But they have to go a little bit deeper. Yeah.
2: Yeah, You got to be intentional about it.
0: uh, There's the word. I love that word. That is so, so important.
2: So what? is
0: one guiding principle that informs your work, is infused in everything. So people know Janeta Rochelle, they would know she cares deeply about.
2: Change and justice. Ooh. People know I care deeply about change and justice. So several years ago, a friend of mine, she, we were doing something and she was like, well, what's, you know, I could just be average. I'm like, what? I am like, average? What do you mean? Oh, we don't do mediocre. We don't do that. We got to keep going for the next level. And we talk about it and laugh all the time. You know, so change. Like we have to be okay with change. It can be a good change. It can be a bad change, but change. And then justice. Like we got to go to the form of justice Mm -hmm. of saying we have to really make things right in our sphere that we can do. Mm -hmm. You know, no, we're not all the president or the prime minister or the governor or whatever the case may be, but in our area influence we can bring about a sense of justice. Yes, We can bring about a sense of change in how we interact with others and how others interact with us. And then it's going to be infectious to everybody around us. Yeah. So those are things like, you know, she likes change, justice, and super intense on some levels on some things. We're real passionate about that. So that's that's really what drives me. So change and justice.
0: A lot of people say, well, how do I... How do I get involved in change and justice?
2: So one thing that you're passionate about, whether it's animal rights, whatever the case may be, you find your one thing Mm -hmm. and then you advocate for that and you become involved. Not just send them a check, because I know people who just send Mm -hmm. checks Mm because whatever, but you get involved. Yeah, You make the extra step of saying, okay, now I'm going to be involved, whether it's volunteering, advocating for them for a different place. Um, if it's uh, a piece legisl- of legislation you want passed, mm-hmm. going to the Capitol mm-hmm. and advocating for it. Yes. You know, that's how you get involved and make that one change. Don't look at the huge picture, look at the one thing that you can do. And we can all do one thing. We all have time to do one thing. Thank you for sharing that. I'm a, a
0: member of an organization here in Lancaster called Power Interfaith Lancaster. And Power Interfaith has five areas of of justice focus. But the Power Lancaster is is focused on equitable funding for education and, and bail reform. Those are the two pieces that we're really focusing on. And so right now, we are inviting people to be willing to be trained to have conversations with stakeholders about what they are experiencing in education so that we can take those stories to harrisburg not just the ones who are asking the questions but to bring the power of the people and bring those voices to harrisburg so that you know that fair funding formula that was found uh to be unconstitutional back on february 3rd yeah and here we are in april um and really hasn't gone anywhere, and nothing at all. <laughs> exactly, it's just sitting. But yet we know you can look around your city and you can see definitely who is not getting equitable funding for their students. Mm-hmm. And so finding
2: that finding that one that thing, one thing, yeah, and that one thing impacts so many others. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. so so if we get fair funding, think of the benefit it has for communities. Yes. Yes. You know, the reforms that can come, the decrease in students in juvenile detention centers. Right. All of those things can come once we get equitable funding for our educational okay. systems. Mm-hmm. You impacts. know, I live in oh. Dauphin County and you can see the difference in the school districts just based upon and it's not anything bad about people that live in any particular school district it's just Mm -hmm. the way we fund it you know no one's bad because you live in x y and z no one's good because you live in x y and z it's just i mean that's just the way the funding works right yeah you don't have anything to do with that that's just where you pay your tax dollars right and it happens to be where you live right right it's not a bad it's just how you live it's okay yeah but if we had real equitable funding it would be Tremendous benefit to all the citizens. You would see yeah. such a tremendous benefit. So that's yeah. a definitely a good one. People get passionate about yeah. take their stories to the people that are in charge. Absolutely.
0: Well, I'll put that.
2: I'll put that information in the show notes.
0: And if you have Dauphin County resources that you're saying, yeah, this is some place where people can become involved. Yeah. Um, share those because I'd love to put those in the show notes. Sure. So yes, change and justice. Mm-hmm. Change and justice.
2: So do you have a favorite leadership quote? I do. So it's not someone else's. I mean, I have quotes from movies that I love, but um, maybe two years ago, I did um, an interview with someone and she was like, so what would you say about, you know, the pivot that you made? I said, you know, people say when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Mm -hmm. I hate lemonade. (laughs) i am beyond because I don't like pulp. I don't like stuff from my drink. Oh, yeah. So when life gives you lemons, make something that is beneficial for you. Yes. Make a drink that you like, whether, you know, that's raspberry tea. I don't care what it is. Cherry limeade, which happens to be one of my favorites. Without the pulp? Without the pulp. Fake (laughs) lemonade. Country time lemonade, I think is what it is. I don't know. (laughs) Right. But make something that is beneficial to you. So when life gives you something that's unexpected, feel the tragedy, don't ignore it, but then walk through it and create something from that tragedy that is beneficial for you. Mm. And then it's going to be beneficial for other people. Mm. So when life throws you a curveball, maybe you can't catch it because I don't play baseball or softball. You might get hit. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. then build from that. You know, life gives you lemons. Make something you like. And it is possible. It's possible. We have all have that autonomy and
0: that spirit to to pick up. Yep. And to move on. And I'm not saying it's, it's equally
2: easy for all people because it is, it is not, not, it's not, not. it's not, it's not easy for people who maybe are in the foster care system or coming out of the foster care system or who have experienced um, domestic violence or Mm. sex trafficking or violence in the home and all those things Mm -hmm. that they have growing up, all those hindrances, you know, before they hit the age of five. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's not easy and it's not impossible. So I think we have to look at both. It's not easy and it's not impossible. I love that quote. We should
0: quote Janita Rochelle. It's not, it may not be easy, but it's not impossible. Yeah. It's so important to remember. Mm-hmm. So what is the best way for people to be in contact with you, to learn more about your work, to invite you to present at their organization, um, to bring your work to them?
2: Yeah, they can go to my website. It's just ginrochelle.com. Um, they can fill out a form it'll come directly to me and I'll be glad to reach out they can follow me on LinkedIn or um, the business page on Facebook Janita Rochelle LLC um, so they can follow me reach out to me I love to connect to people just exchange you know ideas I think it's always good because we're all in community yeah and we're all learning
0: I have just valued our friendship since we first met the audience we met at abwa in
2: uh, in lancaster the lean chapter Mm -hmm. um do you remember when we met i we went to at a breakfast that we just i don't know if we sat at the same table Uh and we were like oh yeah let's connect and so we went and had lunch and it for me it's been such a benefit just even watching you grow and watching your business grow and you know making other connections that we've made Mm -hmm. i think it. It's a privilege on my end.
0: Well, it's a privilege on my end. And, you know, you create space for vulnerable conversations, which is important in your work. But it's also a beautiful gift to folks who, like me, who who want to learn, who want to do good work, who want to make sure that they're creating diverse and equitable and inclusive spaces. That you just want to be a good person and you want to do it well. and. As a white woman of European descent, I recognize that there are things that I don't know that I don't know about race, about racism, about the experience of people of color. I also recognize that I have implicit biases, that I'm still discovering them. I recognize now my white privilege Mm -hmm. and the privilege that I carry. And one of the things that's really important to me And why I'm grateful that you came on the podcast is I want to elevate the voices of people of color because I've had the privilege of being heard my whole life simply because I'm I'm white. And it's just so important for your voice to be heard. Well, thank you. And I am very, very honored that you were willing to have this conversation.
2: Thank you. It was my pleasure. You are a true friend and ally, but more than that, you are really a true friend. And so I am So thankful that you even asked me and allowed me to be on here because you do fabulous work. So thank you so much. Thank
0: you. The feeling
2: is absolutely
0: mutual. I'm just blessed by you. So thank you for being a blessing in my life, Janeta. Thank you. Thank you. So friends, listeners, thank you for tuning in to this month's episode of Turning Points in Leadership. I trust that you're walking away inspired by Janeta Rochelle and her work and her wisdom and her words. And I encourage you to reflect on your leadership and how you are leading in your sphere of influence and how you might become a more effective leader, but also a more humane leader, a more relational leader, and really consider the whole person with who you are leading, not just um, the business, but that you consider very carefully how you lead and how you connect with people in your leadership. It is just so critical. So I know you all listeners, you are all making a difference in your community. And if you're not, I know you're, you know, something that you're passionate about and that you are on the cusp of taking that step. So I encourage you to take that step, be a leader in your sphere of influence. And again, thank you for tuning in. As I said in the beginning, it would be really helpful if you wouldn't mind uh, liking the podcast, sharing the podcast, and writing a review about the podcast so that we can get this message out to people and so more people can find the podcast and to learn from my amazing guests. So thank you in advance for doing that. And we will look forward to seeing you next time on the Turning Points in Leadership. Have a great day.
1: Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to take a moment to like, share, and comment on today's episode. If you're not already a member of the Turning Points Leadership community, you can accelerate your development as a leader by joining today. You'll find the link to the community in the show notes. If you'd like to be a guest on Chris's show, send an email to turningpointsguest at liveworksatisfied.com. See you next time for more Turning Points in Leadership.